Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we've got a great malicious compliance making a company pay up. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, a loophole in the dress code let me wear whatever I wanted. Ten years ago, I worked at a fairly well-known electronics store where instead of uniforms, people were allegedly required to dress professionally. The dress code was stringent for men. White shirts and ties were mandatory. Women had to wear white shirts if they wore dress pants. However, if you wore a skirt, you could wear any color top. So I'd show up to work completely decked out, gothed out with dark makeup and triple pierced ears, and no one could say anything about it. They could glare in disapproval, and management conspired against me, but I denied their satisfaction one day when I voluntarily handed over my name badge after three and a half years. During that time, I was only sent home to change once. Cruel irony, it was also the only day I did come in with a white shirt. They heckled me over fractions of a centimeter on my skirt. Guess they weren't too fond of the schoolgirl getup. The only reason I think it's kind of nice to have some kind of semblance of a uniform is just so you know who the workers are when you work at a store where you're gonna face customers. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is no overnight allowance on overnight flights. UK based and years ago, a lot of us had to travel to USA for a fair bit. When traveling, we were generally able to claim an overnight allowance for every night away. This was only around 10 British pounds or so, but that was a lot of our beer money. One guy got his expenses bounced because he claimed an allowance when flying back on his overnight flight. He was told the allowance was only payable when staying away from home. As we were traveling, we couldn't claim it. At the time, we were paid for traveling at a flat rate, no overtime, but up until that point, We had generally treated the flight back as downtime, as we were mainly trying to sleep, ingest alcohol, or watch movies. From that point on, we booked the full journey back as flat time. With check-in, plus an 8-11 to hour flight depending on location, this added up to a tad more than 10 pounds. I guess as long as they're happy that everything looks fine and as long as they don't have an allowance fee, I say get your money. Our next story is, company will only reimburse parking, not transit? Alright then. A few years ago, I was working in downtown Los Angeles but living in San Diego. For those of you who don't know, that's an over 175 mile per day commute. I wasn't about to put my car through that, and so I took the train every morning to Union Station, then backtracked via subway to the job site. The cost of the Amtrak weekly pass was basically the same price as gas, but I thought I'd try to get that extra $3.50 a day from the subway covered, since I wasn't using the parking reimbursement in my contract. The $17.50 a week wasn't going to bankrupt me, but I figured I'd try. Came to the boss and asked basically, since I'm not driving to work and getting reimbursed for parking at $10, Could I submit my subway receipts at 350 and get that covered? And was told to pound sand. 
Now, the way the reimbursement worked was that you pull a parking slip when you got to work and paid it at the end of the day. Then on Mondays, you would submit all five parking slips from the previous week, and the $50 would be added to your paycheck. Untaxed, obviously. So every day from then on, when I took the train into work, I just walked into the parking structure and pulled the ticket. I didn't have a vehicle and so I didn't need to worry about paying for the ticket to leave, but the contractor didn't know that. They didn't have access to the system, which is why they didn't validate everyone's parking and skip the middleman. And as far as they knew, I was just driving in like everyone else. This next story is HR restructure troubles. So I work in health and I'm also the union delegate for my hospital. I'm often called upon by the union to offer advice to other workplaces with their issues. I have a bunch of restructure stories that all involve malicious compliance, and for reference this happened in Australia. The only surprising thing about health managers' decisions is that they continue to surprise me with interesting decisions. So my union represents everyone in health except doctors and nurses. We represent cleaners, clerks, physiotherapists, speech pathologists, radiographers, porters, security, etc., and even managers up to the executive level. The new HR boss notifies the union of an upcoming restructure and publishes a mammoth 400-page-plus document about what they're doing. It's a slash and burn to middle management basically making the department head look after three times as much and claim it'll prove management of the workforce. It won't. It'll strip leadership and clinical oversight out of the hospitals. We get to the first meeting to discuss the restructure, and HR proposes a few things we agree on. One, that all affected staff will be consulted in an honest and genuine manner. Two, everyone being made redundant will get full entitlements. 3. That union cannot be involved with non-union members. 4. All departments restructure will not employ any new staff for two years except for clinical staff. They thought we were being helpful with this, but we had a plan. The first department to be restructured is the HR department. The staff, union members on the ground are left alone. However, the entire executive, non-union members, are let go, leaving just the new head of HR. Over a dozen senior HR executives are gone. Now the head of HR is trying to deal with 40 to 50 HR staff by herself. She did get more pay out of all of this, and the restructure in an organization of thousands of staff. We hear stories of her working 16 hours a day, 7 days a week. The head of HR schedules a union meeting to discuss the next department to be restructured. We got every manager to document all of their concerns, plus the staff under them to do the same. First department outside HR to be restructured, and we respond with a 300-page document, basically expressing concerns and asking over 500 unique questions. We remind her of the first point we agreed on about genuine consultation. She now confesses to us that she needs more staff, and can we break our agreement? We remind her of point four of no new staff for two years. She also balks at this level of consultation, and we head to industrial court, where the judge rules in our favor. So now she has this enormous amount of work to do, and to respond to over 500 questions. We hear both the CEO and board are very annoyed by the lack of progress. In six weeks, we get an email about her going on indefinite leave. We never see her again? Three more HR managers in the next 18 months, none of them could deal with the workload. 
and the restructure never goes further than HR. No union member job losses. I don't know if there's been too many better examples of why a union is such a good thing to have. Everybody at this place, because they were involved in a union, had absolute security. This next story is, won't pay me for days in traveling without work to do? Okay. To start off, this was one of the best bosses I ever had, but it was a new team and he was learning how to manage a team that traveled 100 plus days per year. I had already been doing similar work for a few years, so I knew the ropes. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. I'm based in Seattle. I had three events in New York in about an eight-day span. One day for each event. I asked my boss if I can stay in New York between events, expense the hotel, and bill my eight hours a day. He said if I'm not working, I can't bill my hours. Okay, malicious compliance activated. I flew home between each event, billing 12 hours travel time per flight, and each flight was double the price I would have spent on the extra hotel nights. I sent him my expense report and timesheet. He said, okay, next time you can stay and bill your eight hours plus hotel. He never questioned me again. I even got my Hawaii vacation paid for because, coincidentally, an event popped up in Hawaii during my vacation that took me a half a day to do, and I showed him the numbers of my flight and hotel that I booked months before was way cheaper than sending one of my coworkers. I told him I'll work it if he paid for it all, including my friend's hotel, and he said yes. How amazing is that that it overlapped so perfectly that they were able to pay for that Hawaii trip? Not often can you go around and brag that your company paid for a vacation to Hawaii. Our next story is, tell me how to stack products? Okay, let me redo all the work halfway through. I work at a factory that makes those little plastic pieces you put in dirt to mark plants. For my job, I don't operate the press. I pull product off, measure it, and put it on a pallet. There's this press operator who's extremely picky to a point where it's annoying and bothers me quite a bit. Let's call him Bob. 
Bob likes to take bundles of product and re-straighten it and tell me how to do tiny things that don't have any impact on the final product. Things like them not being perfectly straight, what direction I need to start a stack. From my station, the pallets go to packaging, so as long as the bundles stay the same direction, the way you start doesn't matter. Things like that, because if I mess up, it's his head. I'm contracted through a different company, so it's not his head, it's mine. My malicious compliance starts when he says I need to put the odd bundles out in the middle and not flush with the side. It doesn't. And that if I can't do it right, I should find another job. Do it how you tell me? If you insist. I start taking every bundle and re-straightening it, making sure it was perfectly flat, and putting the odd bundles in the middle. We had gotten 47 out of the 50 bundles done when I started fixing everything. I also double-checked that in his eyes, he was the boss, and if I messed up, it was on his head, which he confirmed. He followed me back, explaining that's why he was so picky, even though I had told him it was on my head, and watched me move a bundle to the pile I had fixed. He gave me a confused look and asked me what I was doing, to which I replied, I'm just doing it the way you taught me. I don't want you to get in trouble. He told me that wasn't what he meant, and to put them back how they were originally, to which I asked, You want them exactly how they were? And he said he did. I had gotten a few layers down and when I put them back, I put them exactly how they were, with all but one odd bundle flush with the side. Not much has happened since. Was it petty? Yes. Was it rewarding? Also yes. We ended up having a bit of a blowout. While the machine was running, he decided to fiddle with the scale and still wanted me working bundles, weighing them on the scale he was trying to fix. It was reading 100 as 97, so he could have just told me 97 is what's reading as 100, and was getting mad at me after I was like, I can't do that with your freaking with the scale. He got pissed and I went to ask the boss if he would try to refrain from pairing me with him. Big Boss said that he doesn't do that due to the other sections of the company having a lot of conflict due to doing that kind of thing, so no hard feelings there. When I went back and told Bob, he laughed at me, which ended up setting me off, and I asked him in a not subtle tone, what the freak is wrong with you? To which he laughed harder. I ended up going outside for a bit as he told me to go away because he didn't want to work with me. What a lovely work environment, don't you feel chipper and giddy to go back the next day too? Our next story is, you only pay mileage for the shortest possible trip? Okay, then you have to pay my tolls. An update. A new bookkeeper at my company accused me of stealing from the company because I was taking a slightly longer route to and from our satellite office. The company was reimbursing me for mileage. She insisted I take the shortest route, said the company will only pay for mileage for the shortest trip, and there would be no further discussion on the topic. I had her put all of this in writing in an email to me. This saved the company about $5.85 in mileage every two weeks. But it cost the company about $130 in tolls every two weeks. Well, on to the update. This extra cost to the company went on all last year. By my estimates, it cost the company about an extra $3,500 last year. So the third week of December, we have our annual budget review with all the department heads. It's usually just a quick chit-chat about how things went over the year and then we all get a nice catered lunch. This year went a little different. First, Karen Bookkeeper asked that we have a projector set up in the conference room so she could give a presentation on how much she saved the company since she was hired at the beginning of the year. This was great for me. 
I prepared my own presentation. She starts off the meeting going over each department, going over the changes she's made to save money. Her big cherry on top of her savings was how much she had saved by cracking down on excess expense reimbursements. Now, I should say here that she's not liked by any of the department heads. Most of the employees have complained to their department heads about her bull, and they've been forced to just take the complaints with no power to do anything about it. I, on the other hand, am a one-person department, so her presentation ends with a big hooray on how cutting down on expense reimbursements has saved the company a whole $3,500 last year. Then we start going over each department's budgets. Everything is going normally until they get to my budget. Wait, why is it so far over budget, my boss asks. And this is when my short PowerPoint gets played. I bring up the first slide. It's the slightly longer route I was taking between offices. I explained that this was the route I was taking and what the mileage reimbursement was. The next slide was the new shorter route. I explained that Karen forced me to take this route because the mileage reimbursement was less, saving the company about $5.85 every two weeks, a little more after the mileage rate went up in July. Then I showed them the next slide of Karen's email. Included in that email is a part about this being final, and there will be no further discussion on the matter. The final slide was all the toll reimbursements I was paid over the year, including the approximate total year-to-date that was as a result of this new shorter route. I explained that, had I been able to discuss the matter with Karen, I could have explained that the shorter route had these extra tolls. And I said that's the reason I'm so over budget this year. The room was silent for what seems like forever. Then the owners of the company asked everyone, except Karen, to step out of the room for a few minutes. When the door opened back up, Karen walked out silent, went to her desk, and started packing up her things. That was the end of Karen. I mean, if you demand that somebody takes a shorter route, you should understandably check if there's going to be tolls on that road. I mean, it's no wonder Karen got fired. She had no idea that maybe there's extra fees. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.